Sit down, strap in, hang on, and turn it up. Hi there. We here at God Stories Radio are reaching out to you and your business to sponsor us for as little as $10 a month. We need you so that we can continue bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. By your business blessing us monthly, we are able to bless others weekly. To sponsor us, email GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. And you don't have to be a business to be a blessing. Visit GodStoriesRadio.com to donate securely through PayPal. Just press the button. You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Mike, Fritz, Trish, and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. to God Stories Radio. This is session 129. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? It's been a great week. It has been. I'm excited, man. We got some good guests tonight. Yes, we do. I'm excited, too. I know. They braved the elements to come out here and uh, tell their story, and we're thrilled. And I'm sure the people, though someone's out there, they're going to hear it, are going to be thrilled as well. You know, that's right. Absolutely. 58 countries worth. That's right. Holy smokes. Unbelievable. It is. You got some shout outs over there? Uh... I do. I do. Did you forget my name? <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be I dangerous. Hope not. I hope not. All right. Facebook likes. We want to say thank you to Joe Burkett. Thank you, Joe. Thank, thank you, Joe. Joe. And Mary Conover Davis. Sorry about that, Mary. Mary Conover Davis. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Mary. Mary. Uh, and Apostle Bell. Hey, I know you. Apostle Bell. All right. Thank in you the for house. liking us on Facebook. Thank you for liking us. We yes. appreciate that. It's awesome. All right. So we have some new regions listening in. We have Delaware. Go, Delaware. Oh, Delaware. I like this one. <clears throat> Mayo, Ireland. Oh, Mayo, Ireland. Yes. Up for the morning to you. Freedom. <laughs> That's Scotland here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what do I know? Uh, and Maine, USA. Maine. Maine. Oh, Maine. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's all over the country anyway. Yep. I know. And partway around the world. Yep. So, Mikey, I got a, a challenge for you. You oh. know, uh, Tina and I uh, recently felt led to step up and uh, lead the singles ministry because they were looking for a married couple to lead the singles ministry. And we fit that bill. Okay. So I, uh, what about Mikey coming back to the singles ministry? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, come on. I'm calling you out. You are, huh? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'll pray about it. Uh, you know, <laughs> we know what that means. <laughs> Everything else going okay? Good week? It was all right. Uh, saw the dentist earlier in the week. and I heard about that. Uh-huh. A little concerned, that's all. Oh yeah, they the extraction go. Uh, it went without uh, no hitches whatsoever. Within five minutes, it was done. Less than five minutes. Oh, that's great. Uh huh. Fantastic. What about you, babe? I've had a pretty good week so far. No complaints. No extractions. Uh, uh no, just uh, <laughs> just from I do our have, wallet. <laughs> I do have some radiator issues on my car right Uh-oh. now. So if people could be praying for that, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I also have some friends that could really use some prayer. So, as usual, we mention um, Craig from Craig's Carpet yes. Service. His um, son-in-law, John, 
um, who's battling cancer, where we'd like you all to continue to pray for them. Please join us in prayer. And then um, also we have some friends who've been battling ca cancer also. So, um, you know, if you could just lift these folks up in prayer, I'm just going to list a first name, Patty. I think you had somebody too, right? Yeah, AJ. AJ, yeah. I'm sure we remember AJ. Absolutely. You know, he starts his uh, chemotherapy this week. Right. So we want to remember him in prayer and especially his wife because I've, I've met his wife and she is probably beside herself. Yeah. So we want to pray for the family as well. Just a difficult time in general for yeah. folks. Yeah, and he's going to come back to work, which uh, amazes me. So we want to lift him up for strength. And, right. And I have a friend, um, her nephew went through a um, difficult accident and has gone through a lot of surgeries and uh, hospitalizations with his leg. Um, a, a skiing accident where he skied into a tree and he's very blessed to uh, not have lost his legs so we're grateful for that but you know just ask for prayers because of the continual medical treatment he has to undergo and the continual surgeries etc so amen yeah thank you everyone for praying for them yes amen amen and welcome everybody tuning in on Mixler you have dialed into a good one, so uh, stay tuned. Don't they always? They always do. <laughs> always a good one. And uh, don't forget, you can drop us a line at GodStoriesRadio at Gmail. We want your testimony as well. We'd love for you to come in person, but if you can't, you can write in. We've we've read them on, yes, we on air before, uh, so you can drop us a line at GodStoriesRadio at Gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook uh, at GodStoriesRadio, and then you what can, else? And twit us. They can twit us on Twitter at uh, God Stories Radio. So many ways to follow us. And we also have the Freedom Radio Networks.com where you can listen to Mikey 24 hours a day. Oh, great. And any of, <laughs> any of you people out there listening on iHeartRadio, please follow us there on iHeartRadio. Amen. You'll always get a notification and you'll never miss another episode. So without further ado, who do we have, Mikey? All right. Th this is coming from uh, Christie's. Uh, Overton Johnson's website and it says people are often known by what they do or have done in the past and she is a world champion water skier uh, 80 titles a world champion for over 18 years 80 titles 80 Wow impressive um, she also has a magazine that she actually publishes she has a book that she just wrote I think that magazine is Victorious Living, right? It is. It is, and she's got a couple of them. I can't wait to look at them. Awesome. All right, she has a teaching ministry, and beyond those reasons, her hope is that you will, that you'll know her as someone who loves God and His people, someone who uses her life experiences and platform to encourage and equip people to experience victory. Mm -hmm. And I give you Christy Overton Johnson. Hi, how are you? Great. <laughs> Glad you came. It's nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. We're honored that you came. Yes, really. When I started to uh, delve into what you were about, um, I was uh, excited for one, and I says, wow, God's stepping up our guests a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was referred by Murph. She was. We hope to have Murph here too, as well, at some, time, at some point when he's back in town. Yeah. You betcha. 
So take it away, Christy. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, as you mentioned, um, water skied a little bit in my lifetime. Uh-huh, started, I would say. Yeah, I started water skiing when I was four years old wow. and started competing at age five. And, um, you know, I always tell people, especially I do a lot of prison ministry, and when I'm in prison, I, I am talking to people. And I say, when I was four years old, I learned the most powerful phrase that I could ever learn in my entire life, and those were the two words, hit it. Hit it is what you say as a water skier to the boat driver. Mm -hmm. And so at four years old, my parents taught me those two words, hit it. And my little body on those skis, it took off and went on an adventure for the next 35 years that literally um, took me all over the world and gave me so many incredible experiences, um, world titles, world championships, all that, but mainly to see God's world and to meet his people and to learn so many life lessons through the sport of water skiing. Mm -hmm. You know, in in 35 years that I I competed, I tell people I fell every single day. Our sport, especially I specialize in the slalom event. So you go around buoys until you miss. So the winner is the person who crashes and burns at the furthest part of the course. Mm -hmm. So you know when you're standing on the dock that at some point you're gonna fall and you're Mm -hmm. gonna fail. Mm -hmm. But I discovered that in the midst of falls and failures, as long as you're getting up and saying hit it and keep trying over and over again, in the midst of those things, I still became a world champion. And God has just shown me so many wonderful um, lessons from water skiing and from my life that he has now given me this opportunity because of the platform of being a world champ- champion, a world record holder for 18 years, to then go into places and to share my God story and mm-hmm. to tell people what Jesus has done for me. and hopefully encourage them and equip them to connect to a power source that'll never fail them. You know, I skied all those years and you can have all the equipment in the world, the best coaches, the best skis, but if you're not connected to a power source, you're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I, my goal in life is to introduce people to Jesus and to his father, God and the Holy spirit, all three in one. So he's a power source that'll never fail you. And when you're connected to him, you get to experience true victory in life in every season of your life, the good times, the bad times. And um, as we get going, I don't know when you want to stop and ask me a question, but I had the world's victory for those trophies and accolades. And then I've had God's victory. And I'm here to tell you, mm-hmm. um, you want God's victory because the, the world's victory doesn't do a lot Amen for you. Amen to that, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Well, we didn't really have a, a lineup of questions. We just really kind of wanted to tell your story, and we're not going to really interrupt. Oh, unless, you're not? Okay. Oh, no, unless, uh, oh, unless, well, I, unless there's fortunately something Fortunately for you, I like to talk, so, <laughs> so we're all good. Give that. me some of that coffee you're drinking, and you'll never shut me bring up. Bring it on, Christy. <laughs> bring it on. You're in good company. Yeah. So, um, so like I said, I, I water skied many, many years, and... Um, I grew up in a Christian home, so I'm just going to share my my God story, if that's okay. I guess that's what I'm here for, huh? Okay, we're learning as we go here. You're in the right place. I'm in the right place. So I was introduced to Jesus Christ from the time I was born. I grew up in a Christian home with a Christian family. I was very blessed in that aspect. And, um, you know, I like to tell people that I said hit it to a boat driver from the age of four on up, and I'm still saying hit it occasionally. But I did not say hit it to God for a long time. I believed in the power of God, but I was afraid to say hit it to God because where would he take me and what would he ask me to give up? And, you know, I just knew I remember sitting in school at a Christian school. I, I, I mean, I had 
I was like the skier who's given every opportunity to be the best athlete in the world. I was given every opportunity to have this incredible foundation of faith. I had godly grandparents, preachers in the family, was taken to church, um, given Christian education. Um, but I remember sitting in school and hearing missionaries that would come in from different places, Africa or India or different places. And I thought, you know, if I say at an eight, nine, 10 year old mind, I'm thinking if I say hit it to God, he's going to send me to live in a hut somewhere. <laughs> and and I know that sounds just so crazy and so foolish, but I just really was afraid of if I get off this spiritual dock where is God going to take me? And if there's one thing I've learned in life and through water skiing is that victory only comes when you get off the dock. And that's true on the water. And that's true, spiritually speaking. So while I was getting off the dock for all those years, water skiing, I did not get off the dock spiritually. I had my belief in God. I knew Jesus had died for me, but I really was not seeking him. And it wasn't, I don't think a willful choice not to seek him. I just really didn't know how, you know, I was raised in a church, which I'm very thankful for, but it gave the background of salvation. And every week there was a lot of hellfire and brimstone mm -hmm. and you get saved. And I went to the altar a lot and I got <laughs> saved every weekend in children's church because you got bubble gum. <laughs> if you got saved, <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, so I stocked up me. on some hubba bubba, but <laughs> it was one of those things that that's all I knew until I was in college was that Jesus had died for me. And I believe that I believe being a Christian was going to church, saying your prayers and when you ate and when you went to bed, but outside of that, no one had ever discipled me. You know, I had all these coaches water skiing, but I had never had a coach spiritually speaking. And I don't know that that's anybody's fault because I think, you know, we none of us really knew how mm -hmm. to really have that relationship. And so throughout my water ski career, I was blessed to ski for um, Nautique Boats, which is owned by Craft, And they're a very godly company, a you know, foundation. They build boats to the glory of God. That's their, their mission statement. Mm -hmm. cool. Well, one of their founders, Mr. Ralph Maloon, he's um, going to be 100 here, I think, in the next it might be October, he turns 100. Wow. He was like a father and a mentor to me, a spiritual father. And from the time I was about 12 or 13, he knew I was a Christian. So when we would travel all over the world in Singapore and Canada or Italy or France, wherever we would be, he would have me come up on stage and share my God story. My, but all I knew was John 3, 16 mm -hmm. and Philippians 4, 13, which I took very much out of context at that point. But what was great is Mr. Ralph would always push me out of my comfort zone. I mean, I'm a teenager wanting to do teenage things. Don't really need to talk about those, but you can imagine what those are. And here would Mr. Ralph be coming with the tracks in his pocket. Hey, Christy, we're going to Singapore next week. We want you to share your story. So he gave me opportunity after opportunity. And it was during one of those opportunities that I came to know the Lord. And that is just so ironic to me that, it, and like I said, I wasn't up there being a hypocrite, I believed in Jesus. I just didn't have a foundation of faith mm -hmm. and I didn't know better. And so I went to word of life camp. I was asked to go speak there at Shroom Lake, New York. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing on a stage with 500 plus teenagers all screaming their heads off. I'd never been to camp because I was always at ski camp. So I'd never been to a teenage Christian camp. 
And I'm up on that stage and I'm seeing for the first time a passion for God that I had never seen. And I tell people all the time, I went to tell them about Jesus and those teenagers introduced me to Jesus. And what's so amazing to me is, you know, Timothy says, I don't exactly remember where it is in first or second Timothy, but he says, don't ever let anyone look down on you because you're young, because Timothy was young. And, and these young people ministered to me who was there to tell them about Jesus. And so that's amazing to me. And then he was using Mr. Ralph, who at that point was probably in his 80s, to pull me out of my comfort zone. So don't let anyone look down on you because you're old either. Let me just, that's the Christie version. But it's like God can use you at whatever age you are and yeah. you're God's Amen. story to bring you to a new level of faith. And so I got off that stage and I'm walking back to the cabin and I fell on my knees with the roaches. <laughs> if you ever been to a kid's yeah. camp, <laughs> there was a few little bugs scurrying. Oh, yeah. And I'm like down my face on the floor. And I said, God, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I want to know you. And I vowed at that point to know Jesus better. At that point, I said, you know, I want to know you better every year when I come back here. But now I want to know him every better every single day. So that was my start of my journey. It was in my probably about 24, 25 years old. I was newly married and skiing was going great at that point. I was a world record holder and just traveling all over the world, racking up those pro titles that you mentioned earlier. And in 1996, um, let me see here. I got it backwards. 1997, um, started having a lot of stomach pain. I was pregnant at the time graduated from law school studying for the bar and competing at a professional level wow. um type a crazy woman over here <laughs> again wow. the, the issue at that point that i did not know was my whole identity was wrapped up in being christy the performer christy the people pleaser and um, christy the skier mm -hmm. and i it was all i ever knew i was everywhere i went from four years old hey you're the skier girl and um and so that was my identity and then all of a sudden here i am pregnant and i'm gonna ski you know it sounds crazy but the doctors kind of say keep doing what you're doing well mm -hmm. i don't think they realized what i did but a lot of the girls would ski until their 23rd 24th week mm -hmm. so that was my plan christy had her plan and i'm going and i'm skiing and i'm at like 10 or 11 weeks and all of a sudden I get so sick and we are having the U.S. Open water ski tournament. We are actually hosting that at Lake Christie, which is a lake that my father had built for me in North Carolina when I was, yeah, I thought everybody at 12 years old, I thought everybody had their own lake. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, you know, has a lake in their backyard, but my dad actually had a friend with bulldozers, had a construction company and they dug a lake so that I could train without the stings of jellyfish and other boaters on the Pamlico River in North Carolina. And so anyway, we were hosting the U.S. Open there. The world of water skiing from all over the world was there to compete. My hometown by the tens of thousands were coming out to watch me ski. And here I am doubled over with stomach pain. So I just assume it's nerves because I got a lot on me. Well, it ended up being a bowel obstruction. And I ended up in the hospital and nearly died that weekend while all that was going on. Wow. But that was a turning point for me because while I was in that hospital, all I could think about, I, I remember watching the news, laying there in the bed, 
and just seeing images of the lake, Lake Christy, without Christy there. And all I could think about was all those people I was letting down. So I... <laughs> I got it. This was before they had diagnosed what it was. I remember grabbing the morphine pump and dr dragging it over to the bathroom. And I got in a skiing position and I told my husband, I said, Tim, if you can get me to the lake, I can ski. Because my entire life, I had a pelvis that I had to have reconstructed. I had a congenital hip disorder. I had neck pain. I had back that had discs that were bulging and out of place and just issues. And so I had always pushed through pain. You and had I just discs that were bulging and you skied. Oh yeah. Oh Age wow. 15. Was, well, you yeah. are my hero. I would just lay in bed and make it to the tournament and try to wow. get my ski on and go. Yeah, it was I just I just did this little lesson on this. I have the gift of perseverance, but it's also a curse because I don't know when to quit. Mm -hmm. And um so anyway, I'm in there and I'm like, "Tim, if you get me to the to the lake, sneak me out of this hospital. I can ski." And Fortunately, my husband rarely listens to me. <laughs> so, he's like, yeah. And by I think that night, they realized I was having a bowel obstruction, got me in. And I was within about, they said, about 30 minutes of my intestines bursting, which probably would have for sure lost my son, Ty, and possibly my own life. And wow. um, I learned through that process that my whole identity was wrapped up in those little orange buoys that I was mm -hmm. skiing around. And it took me, I went through 16 surgeries. And after about the fifth or sixth one, I'd still get back up to the top of the world standings list. And then I'm like, at first I thought God was punishing me because that was the mentality I had that God would teach you. Everybody says, you know, when things like this happen, God's trying to teach you a lesson. Well, I honestly believe Satan knew how much skiing meant to me. And if he took skiing from me, my whole world would be rocked. But what he didn't know is that when my skiing got taken from me for those seasons, I actually began to stand on the rock. Mm -hmm. And I built my life at that point. I realized I have built my whole life on things that can be gone in a heartbeat. And that's what I was talking about at the beginning. You've got your true victory, and then you have the world victory. I had the 80 professional wins, the Masters titles, World titles, U.S. Open, Pan Am Games, all those things. We were never in the Olympics because I'm not really sure why. We, our sport never made it. But had every every victory there was to have. But I'm telling you, when, when you're laying in a hospital bed or when you're trying to do an international adoption and it's taking forever, I adopted two children from Russia, when you're sick as a dog, when you're going through fibromyalgia and Lyme disease or when relationships are going astray, those trophies don't jump off the shelf and help you. Mm -hmm. Those titles don't help you. The only and, and even friends and family can only help you but so much. If you don't have Jesus and that rock to stand on, you're standing on shifting sand. And that's what the Bible says in Matthew in the Gospels. He says in this, well, he says, if you a wise person builds his or her life on the word of God and when the rains come and the floods are rising, if your life is built on Christ, it says you will be standing. And he says, as you pass through those waters of difficulty, I will be with you and they will not overtake you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what through all those times I realized, okay, God, I had it all wrong. I believed in you, but I wasn't building my life on you. And then when I got started studying the Bible, 
then I fell into that Christian trap of it's my checklist. I've got to get up and have God first. And, but I didn't understand. It's not, I would get up in the morning, let me go back to, I would just get up and I wanted to read through the Bible in a year. So I just had this checklist and I'm going through and boy, did I feel good about myself. I had read through the Bible, <laughs> but I had, it was a chore. It was something that I was doing because I felt like a good Christian would do this and it was out of guilt and it was, it wasn't out of this hunger so much or mm-hmm. love for the word because I, I didn't have that revelation yet. So then I started backtracking a little bit. I started taking it verse by verse, little bit by little bit, doing some Bible studies, going and getting mentored. And that is so important, being taught the word of God. I began to realize, hey, the letter of Timothy is written by Paul to Timothy. He's a real mm-hmm. part. I didn't understand any of that all those years, 30, I don't know, 25, 30 years in church mm-hmm. and never knew anything like that. So I started studying the word of God. And I just started getting so hungry, so hungry for him. And he just, he changed my life. And I began to learn so much about the Lord and his goodness. He, he wasn't sending bad things into my life to hurt me and to punish me or to teach me lessons. The things that Satan sends in our life to destroy us, God can take them and use them for good. And that's what he did. And all those surgeries and everything, instead of trying to build my way back up to the top of the world standings list, I began to build my life more and more on him. Mm-hmm. And my life began to change and my heart began to change. And and so at age 33, my hips are, I had this congenital hip disorder and skiing was becoming very, very difficult for me. And I was in tremendous amount of pain and it was time for me to have my pelvis reconstructed. They did what's called a, a GANS or GANS, G-A-N-Z, GANS osteotomy. And basically they cut your pelvis in six spots and rotate these shallow hip sockets that I have and created hip sockets for me. And um, the hope was because I was 34 at the time that that would give me more longevity as opposed to doing um, hip replacements. So it was a terrible surgery, but we're hoping it'll do better than hip replacements. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, it was during that time skiing was um, getting more painful, more difficult to do. I realized I couldn't do it forever. Mm-hmm. I had adopted two children from Russia, which is a whole nother hour story in itself. And we'll go there another <laughs> like time. That. Yeah. Like Kids it's, usually are. Yeah. That, that changed my life because <laughs> it changed my life. You'll have to get the book, hit it and read all about it. So anyway, um, and then I started going through all of this, this season of change. I felt the Lord saying, use all these experiences that I had on the water and begin to build relationships with people and help them find the one that had given me so much hope. And so, um, you know, all those years I had been afraid to say, hit it to God, afraid of what he'd take away from me when all he wanted to do was use the things he had blessed me with, mm-hmm. use the things I was gifted at, use the things that I love to do for his glory, to take those trophies and say, here, God, you use them. And, you know, earlier I was talking about how I would get up in the morning and it was this, we always hear, keep God first. Well, to me, that meant get up and have your God time in the morning. But I didn't realize it's not God then 
your family, then school, then skiing. It was God in those things. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn how to bring God into my skiing, God into my my being a mother and being a wife and a daughter and to bring God into being a ministry leader. Now, isn't that a novel idea? <laughs> so um, that's another whole story too. I, like I said, God began to really put on my heart to, I'd been so faithful to say, I want to thank God for this win. I would stand on ESPN with my fish on my ski and say, I give God the glory for this win. And the Lord showed me all those years. I had never once told someone how they could know the God I gave thanks to. I was so scared of what people would do when they reject me. And I realized I was not a very good friend if I was more afraid of their rejection <laughs> than I I mean, a good friend would tell someone about Jesus that would care about God. Actually, it was like I saw my friends in hell and that was a terrible thing. It was enough to say, okay, I'm telling somebody. <laughs> so what I did, I was driving down the road and this is how ministry started for me, like an official nonprofit ministry, driving down the road. And I sensed the Lord saying, tell people about me through a track. And so you have to realize at this time, I am on the Bud Light water ski tour. Okay. Can you see me going and handing out tracks there? People are there to have a good time. They're uh -huh. there to watch water skiing. But the Lord gave me this beautiful vision. And I didn't know at that time that I would be in publishing, that I would be publishing a magazine. But at that time, I had this beautiful vision for or a vision for a beautiful piece called, and he gave me the name, Making the Cut. And so people were picking those up by the tens of thousands at water ski tournaments. Wow. I never picked one up off the ground because it was all about, people thought it was how to make the cut on a water ski, but it was how to make the cut to heaven. Mm -hmm. And as you went through it, it was people's God stories. It was the top athletes at those events. It was their story of how they became um, believers and what God had done in their life. And I had no idea at that point where God would lead all that. But we, I think it was like 70,000 copies that we handed out at water ski tournaments. And so many people came to know the Lord through that. Then we started having mm -hmm. church events um, on the site under the tent of the official's tent. And to see all, all, all these denominations coming together, that was new for me because I had grown up in one denomination. And a lot of times one denomination can feel I guess you'd say superior maybe to another denomination or you, at that point I thought all the denominations probably were off or something. Now I know different, mm -hmm. you know, we got under there, we were under a tent on the side of a lake in shorts and t-shirts worshiping God. And I felt the presence of God so thick, like I'd never felt it at a water ski tournament. And God just showed me that he's not in this little Sunday morning box that we put him in. No. He's he's everywhere. And he gives us these gifts and talents and opportunities to use those things to connect with people. So through my water skiing, I had this connection, this platform with all of these hundreds of thousands of people who love to ski, who recognize the name Overton because not just of my ski success, but because my father owns a company or owned a company called Overton's. It was a mail order water sports catalog that's now owned by Camping World. And if you own a boat, you have an Overton's catalog somewhere in your house. <laughs> Probably bathroom reading material for a lot of men, you know, dreaming about, about boat gear. Um, so God uses those things 
for his glory. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so let me go back here. Because you're not asking questions, I'm having to remember where I was. But we were talking about, yeah, we had the Making the Cup booklet. And then I started this water sports outreach called In His Wakes. Because the safest... I've heard of that. Yeah, In His Wakes. It's the safest place to be as a water skier is in the center of the boat's wakes. And the safest place to be in life is connected to the power source Absolutely. in the center of God's will for your Ooh, life. Preach it, girl. If you yeah. look at my car, I have an In His Wakes bumper sticker you on my car. Do? I do. How did you get that? I got that from a friend of mine who's a Christian and who is also a water skier. Oh, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah. We'll have to talk later about yeah. your friend. Yeah. So that started in um, 2003. And now we have worked with over 20,000 youth. We use water, at-risk youth as our focus. We find children. They can be at detention centers. They can be in foster care groups or domestic violence shelters. We work with children. Probably 80% have never been in the water. We don't want kids that are used to water skiing. We want kids that when they come to the lake, they look at me and they say, lady, there ain't no way I'm getting in that water. (laughs) Because... They think so many things. One, they're afraid. Two, they think they have to know to sw- how to know how to swim to be able to water ski. And we show you that the things that are barriers to you, barriers to your success, aren't. Whether in water skiing, you don't have to know how to swim to ski, or whether in life. So we use water sports to connect with people's hearts, to teach them life lessons about the power source, about saying hit it, about getting off the dock. And when you fall, the boat comes back around and picks you up just like God does. And we give kids the opportunity to connect to a power source that will never fail him. So that was really growing and building. We'll do um, any close to about 70 events every year. We have two teams that go out in um, water sports, uh, excuse me, in motorhomes diesel pushers pulling boats with all the equipment doing these events at lakes all across the united states and we've even gone internationally mm-hmm. um but in 2009 i began to really have this burden to tell god stories and to work with people and um off the water god began to show me the world that was hurting around me and so at that point in his wakes, I had a director named Nate Miller. He's out of Oregon. And Nate's just been doing such a fantastic job. So over the years, I've handed a lot of in his wakes, pretty much all of it now, to Nate. And um, he's the new president. I stepped down so he can run with that. Because I really believe a lot of what God has gifted me to do is to start ministries, to do that legwork, to get it going. And then he raises up people. Then I have to let go of my baby. Right. And that's tough sometimes. Mm-hmm. But but at that point, Nate was just so gifted at doing that. And God was beginning to put the vision of a magazine on my heart. So in 2009, I started um, Christy Overton Johnson Ministries to encourage hearts equip minds and evangelize the gospel and i do that through publications i do that through speaking engagements and i love to sing and and just just tell people about the lord so was doing that and the magazine was put on my heart i had no idea what victorious living would be god gave me the name because i believe that people can have victory in every season of their life I would stand on the dock and look at that rough water and I could have victory in the roughest 
conditions as a water skier. And God says you can go through the rough waters of life and they will not overtake you. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in jail, whether you're at home, whether you're in the hospital, wherever you are, you can still have God's victory in your life. So the magazine got started and it was just a local publication. We lived in a little town called Keystone Heights, Florida, which is outside of Gainesville, kind of near Stark, I've heard of it. Palatka yeah. area. We lived there for 20 years. And um, we just printed 3,000 copies. We would hand them out at, you know, Johnny's Barbecue or Ace Hardware, from different places like that, Kathy's Grooming, you know, just <laughs> anywhere around town. Because I didn't have a distribution system, we would just walk around and stick them places. Yeah. And um, just, it was going to be a quarterly publication, so got that going. Well, a couple of years later in 2013, so 2011 is when the magazine started, in 2013, I went to visit a friend in prison and somebody, I don't know who, had sent my friend Bill one copy of Victorious Living. He knew, he was a water ski uh, boat driver. He was on the pro tours driving wakeboarders and I knew Bill very well and someone has sent him this magazine knowing that I published it. They thought he would enjoy reading it because we knew each other. Mm-hmm. So he reached out to me. And um, Bill had actually was a believer and had been in some of the church services that I would hold at the ski events. He would be our speaker Mm -hmm. where Bill had had a very um, unfortunate moral failure. And it was a terrible one of those charges that even criminals don't like, you know. And so Bill had uh, he wrote to me and he thanked uh, for the publication that it had touched him. He also apologized to me for any harm that he, his mistake could have caused our ministry mm-hmm. and asked for forgiveness. And I felt the Lord putting on my heart to go visit Bill. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, I went into the Miami prison, federal prison. And I said, God, I don't know why I'm here. I have, you know, this is not somewhere I've ever thought I would go, but I want you to give me your heart. I want to feel what you feel. I want to see what you see. And I want your ears to hear what you hear. And I walked into that place and what I saw was mothers going to see their sons Mm -hmm. and sons going to see their fathers and daughters going to see their daddies, wives going to see their husbands. We get through the security system, which I was so green. It took me a couple of times to get through it because I would have the wrong this on or have too much money with me or stuff. I mean, I just had no idea what I was doing. I get into the prison and I'm thinking I'm going to be looking through a glass like you see on Blue Bloods or something, you know, <laughs> or sitting in a room. I don't know. And so I am in like what looks like an airport terminal and mm-hmm. there's vending machines and people are running around with dollar bills and getting food out that, well, the inmates aren't running around, but they would bring them in one by one and they would sit us in a seat and then they would walk an inmate in and that inmate would sit with their family. And all I saw for the next three hours were these reunions. And I realized Yes, these are people who maybe have made mistakes in their life. Some, I'm sure, have done some very bad things, but they're people. And God said, I want you to go and I want you to take the story of hit it to these men and to women who are incarcerated. The story that in the midst of your falls and your failures, it's not over. That as long as you say hit it, God, he will pull you up out of that pit, get you going on a direction 
of victory. Mm-hmm. And so I left there tore out of the frame. I'm driving home from Miami and I started weeping on Florida Turnpike. I said, God, if you want me to go to prison um, to visit, I will, not to go, go, but I will go. But I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to minister in prison. I don't know how to even get in there other than break the law. So I know that's not what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. The next week I get a call from the Department of Corrections out of Tallahassee. Somehow, some way, they had gotten Victorious Living magazine. And they said, Christy, we want this in every prison in Florida. Oh. I never oh. contacted anybody. The next week, Bill Glass Ministries out of Dallas, Texas, calls, we want you to be a platform speaker. Then all of a sudden, Murph the Surf, Jack Murphy's like my new best friend at Almost Speed Dial. And he's calling me and Bob Williamson and Isaac Reagan out of real life here. And all these people, my world is suddenly former inmates and it's prison ministry. So the magazine goes in and like I said, it's a quarterly piece. Well, it goes in and I believe it was November. In December, I go to Russia to do some ministry work because that's where my children, two of my children are from Russia. We adopted them from there. And I went over there to do some ministry and I come back and my desk is covered with mail. And I'm like, what in the world? And everyone of them had a hashtag and a number. (laughs) And then it hit me. These are all from inmates. And it was coming in so fast and it was all to me. And for a perfectionist, a people pleaser, and someone who does not like to disappoint anybody or be behind in anything, this was a tough bill to fill because Mm -hmm. I couldn't read it, much less respond to it. I went into panic mode. It's funny how, you know, I pray for things and God gives me things. And then all of a sudden things start to explode. And Mm -hmm. I just like, God, hello. And it didn't catch him by surprise. And that's what I had to remind myself. This did not catch God by surprise. Mm-hmm. He put the magazine in there. He knows, he knew these people would write to me. He knows I only have a certain amount of time. I've got three kids. I've got two nonprofits I'm running. I'm, I'm writing a magazine. I can't write, I can't do this. So he sent this beautiful lady named Linda Covage, who I had met. I, I speak at women's conferences and things. Um, there's my shameless plug. You mentioned <laughs> I could make. I'd love to come speak at your church. Well, you but anyway, um, anyway, so Linda I had had me come speak at First Baptist Stark at a women's conference. And um, we just hit it off. We were both crazy. We love the Lord. And God led her to be our prison correspondence director. She went on full-time uh, two years ago. All she does is read the mail. She has 38 people under her now wow. that are corresponding to every letter. So and then what happens is Victorious Living, inmates find it somewhere, somehow. It might be in the chaplain's, chaplain's office, or it could be we get letters. I was about to commit suicide to hang myself with a sheet. And I looked down and Victorious Living was sitting under my mattress or over in the corner, Mm -hmm. peeking out and they'll start reading it. And there's been testimony after testimony. We get them every day, how the power of God will come on them so strong that some of them get just pinned to the floor because the power of God is so strong. The anointing over this magazine, it's Mm -hmm. not me, Mm -hmm. it's God. Mm -hmm. And so when, when they get this magazine, It says very clearly, are you an inmate in need? Do you want someone to correspond with? Do you want to be discipled? So they write to us, and this goes to our offices um, 
post office in Stark, Florida, and we have our administrative things in Claremont, Florida. And so it goes there, and our correspondence team reads this mail. They send a welcome letter from me on my behalf, and then they write handwritten cards to these men and women. And as they write back, we respond. So the Lord showed me what I can do is I can write to them once a month through a devotion. So that's the discipleship element Mm -hmm. is I disciple them through the Word of God. Right now we're doing a whole series on hearing from God. And so they get the magazine every quarter. They get their own issue of the magazine. They get handwritten cards. And every month they get a devotion from me that is personal. Um, What has been so amazing is they're part of our, we call it the Victorious Living Family. And they become a part of our family. And that's a huge responsibility because we're all a lot of these people have. Mm -hmm. And we're the only letter they're getting. Right. Well, that's what I was just thinking when you were saying the mail. You know, when they have mail call at the jail, you know, they don't get nothing. But when they, I got this from, yeah. from you. And then the word of mouth starts to spread. Absolutely. Will, you, will you write me too? Will you yeah. write me? Mm-hmm. An 18 page letter will come front and back, you yeah. know, and it's, it's can be very overwhelming because it's all their stories. And you got to be so careful when those stories are coming that you don't take on those stories. Mm-hmm. You got to be a funnel that just funnels them right on up to God and lets him carry that burden. And he has gifted Linda. My gift is not that reading that mail. I start almost twitching sometimes because <laughs> it's very overwhelming because mm-hmm. it's all, they're all mostly to me. And I feel like I'm failing, you know, not responding, but mm-hmm. Linda and the team does such a wonderful job of um, responding and mentoring. And if, you know, I would say 90% of them are legitimately saying, will you help me find Christ? Will you help me forgive? Will you help me overcome homosexuality? Will you help me move past it, whatever it is? Yeah, you've probably heard it all. We have heard it all. I'm sure. The guilt that they've carried their whole life, the abuse they suffered. And I think, but by the grace of God, there I'd be. And I've just learned so much. You know, prison outreach is the, and Murph would tell you this if he was here, because I learned this from him. In all the charities where all the money goes, prison's at the very bottom. Yet it is the most hungry field for Christ. Mm. I have never seen men and women so hungry. And people are like, oh, it's just jailhouse religion. It may not all stick, but I'm telling you, you meet Murph the surf, you know it's stuck. Got that That's right. a man who was sentenced for 244 years. And he only served like, what, 20, if that? Served for 20. Yeah. Because he was so radically saved and God so radically changed his life that God moved mountains for Murph and so many of my other prison buddies who were once murderers or rapists or whatever they were, they are not anymore. You want to meet someone on fire for God, you meet Murph the surf. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his past, but we all have our past. And God doesn't have this ranking system of sin, for we have all sinned and all fallen short of the glory of God. And so when we send these magazines in and these letters in and these devotions in, and then God has opened a door for me to take my boat in 
to prison. Mm-hmm. And this is with Murph's help because Murph's got all these connections. He's amazing. <laughs> Through, well, and, Isaac and Gary, they take their yeah, motorcycles. Yeah, they take well, the bikes. Go, we in go there in together. And, uh, right. cars, Isaac's, yeah. Isaac's motorcycle's right beside my boat. Uh-huh. And, and we've got the hire with the Walinda family, the Harwack, Hire Wire right. Act. Wow. And this draws, I mean, people are like, oh, what are you doing? Like a circus act or something? We are using tools to. Murph calls it fishing. Mm-hmm. It is through inmate encounter, and Murph and I are on the board with that, and we support that. All these ministries, Isaac's ministries, um, mine, Christian Johnson, Victorious Living Ministries, we all come together, partner together, go in with these inmate encounter events, and we help these inmates encounter Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the boat, the higher wire, the motorcycles, they draw the people out. They're not going to go sit in a chapel, mm-hmm. especially in prison. Chapel, there's a lot of things going on in chapel because you can interact with each other there. That's not godly. <laughs> and a lot of people are afraid to go to the chapel, mm-hmm. but they will come out to the yard and they'll mm-hmm. see a boat with a 300 and some whatever horsepower engine mm-hmm. and see some crazy lady with her USA jacket on screaming, hit it, God. And they want to know what in the world does hit it mean, you know, because to them hit it meant drugs or sex or all these things. And, and by the end, I mean, there could be a, I've had up to almost a thousand women in matching jumpsuits, teaching them to ski inside wow. of prison, knees, trees, freeze. And then we, you know, we've got them bending their knees, their arms are out and they're looking at the trees. And we talk about the foundation of God being you know, you're standing on and you don't take things in your own hands and pull your arms and you keep your focus on the power source. You know, mm-hmm. we take all these water ski analogies that I did with Inna's wakes mm-hmm. and now I do them in prison. Wow. And, and, um, it's fun. <laughs> I, we have more fun. And like I said, it's the most fruitful thing I've ever been a part of. Our discipleship outreach, um, Victorious Living Prison Outreach, every day we get more people saying, this is on top of all the people we're already corresponding with. We added 150 plus last month. It was like 130 the month before, like wow. 100 the month before that. Every month it goes up. And we just started this. So this month, close to, I think it was 1,850 inmates are being discipled. Next month, it'll be close to 2,000. And then it'll just keeps going. With that comes, of course, cost. Shameless plug also. (laughs) But if you want to be a part of something that is so fruitful, like you can subscribe to our Victorious Living magazine. And when you subscribe to it, you get a copy every quarter, but you also send the magazine and discipleship, monthly discipleship to an inmate because they don't have the funds to do it. Some inmates actually are sending funds. There's some will send a dollar a month, $5 a month, and that adds up after mm-hmm. a while. I mean, a dollar is, it's a dollar. You better it's, believe it's, it. A dollar is a magazine, you know, that, that I can send to somebody. We're right there with you. We understand when we get. 50 cents a dollar five dollars it all adds up it really does it does so tell us how we can get your book because i'm really my curiosity is very much piqued okay so the book is called hit it and there's also a book called running the course Mm -hmm. that was the first book i wrote and um you know i want to just take a second here just explain that i was telling my my friends stephanie the other day who's sitting here with me she um People had mentioned to me about writing. I didn't even know I had a a gift of writing. I hated writing in high school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I I wrote this this 
first book, I just sat down and started writing because several people started coming at me. You should write a book. You should write a book. And this desire started coming up. I'm like, okay, God does speak through people mm-hmm. and circumstances and his word, of course. So I began to write. And the day I finished writing this manuscript, I get a call from a publisher of Lifeway Publishing House or Broadman wow. Holman the largest right. publishing Christian publishing company there is. Yeah. And they said, Hey, we hear you're writing a book. It was just like the prison outreach thing. I had never contacted anybody. <laughs> they just heard that they, you were writing. They the book. had picked up a making the cut booklet, that little devotion that it started dink. with. They had picked it up at a boat dealership in Tennessee and they were <laughs> right across the street from Bodman Holman. Wow. So they called me and they like, we want to see this tomorrow. I got a book deal and it was like, what in the world? So that's running the course that was written in 2003 and that's a hardback book. And that is basically takes all the analogies. Like I was saying earlier, and it's about that running the course, becoming a champion in God's eyes, running his course and using water sports analogies for that. So then the book hit it, which is my most recent book is basically me trying to live out what I said in 2003, living out that faith journey, running God's course, but very authentically sharing my strengths, my weaknesses, all the falls that I had, the misconceptions of God. It has the the adoption story, the entire story um, in there and God's faithfulness to see me through and to love me through my imperfections mm-hmm. and to realize all he's looking for is someone that'll say, hit it, mm-hmm. hit it, God. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, victory, victory comes. Mm-hmm. And then the magazine, all this can you can get off our website, ChristyOvertonJohnson.com. Or if you want to do it short, KOJMinistries.org. If you don't want to spell out Christy Overton Johnson. Um, Christy is spelled K-R-I-S-T-I. That's awesome. Hard for people for some reason. (laughs) And it's Johnson. Johnson. No T. S-O-N. And you go there on our website. You can get the book. You can subscribe to the magazine and you could sponsor a prison. It's a thousand dollars. It cost us. We're in 72 facilities right now in Florida, but we have inmates in 22 other states that we're ministering to. The product is ready. All we have to do is get sponsorships for the the prisons mm-hmm. and then it's in there mm-hmm. and then with that with every expansion into prisons we need more writers mm-hmm. so we have what's called shine bright and write events we come to your church and it's a wonderful senior adult ministry most of our writers are senior women and um what they, a wonderful purpose they yeah. go there they love to write where this generation we're all typers and texters they love the handwritten letter mm-hmm. and they get to do this from home they come and, and we do the shine bright and write events where they write at the church or the organization i've even had them in my home or we also have full-time writers who we scan the letters to them it's all very safe you sign it your victorious living family we have policies and procedures in place so if you're interested in any of that or us coming to your church and sharing the ministry again you just go to christyovertonjohnson.com and it's all there awesome wow i I was thinking back i didn't want to interrupt you because you were rolling um the guy that owned that uh, boat company Mm -hmm. and he had you up there speaking Little did you know he was setting you up for these days, for yeah. such a time as this. Amen. He says he always, Mr. Ralph Maloon, he's, he, 
he's still going. I mean, 99 years old. Golly. And he walked right up. This, he just got a Lifetime Achievement Award through the USA Water Ski Foundation. And he just marched up those steps. And <laughs> he's got his tracks in his pocket. I mean, he's coming after you with the gospel. And, I mean, he is amazing. His story. He would, They would smuggle Bibles in inside the boat into communist countries way back when wow. during the wars world war Two, i believe it was he was there when the berlin wall came down and they were smuggling they would use put sound systems and things inside the boat like for billy graham crusades and different mm-hmm. things like that they would to get the equipment and different things like that in so it, again god uses everything you have amen to that boats skis magazines Whatever your passion is, I, I like to tell people there's nothing too small that can be used by God. At one of our ski events, there was this young um, African-American girl, and she had just gotten her hair done. And I don't quite know, but for some reason, she did not want to get it wet because I think it would undo the processing. Mm-hmm. And so she, she's like, I'm not going out on that water. And, and I said, would you go if you had a shower cap? And she looked at me. She goes, yeah, I would. And I had a shower cap that I had carried around in my suitcase for months that I had gotten at a hotel. I gave her this free shower cap. She called me an angel. (laughs) She went out there, and all she could talk about was how some lady gave her a shower cap so she could go ski. And she got to hear the gospel. She got to join in in the activities. There was another young girl who didn't have a bathing suit, and I get to watch like my daughter go and give her her bathing suit. And that moves someone out of their comfort zone. And what we think is insignificant, a bathing mm-hmm. suit or a shower cap, changed their life. Absolutely. So I, whatever it is, that whoever's listening that you have, whatever gift and talent God's given you, God doesn't want to take them away from you. He wants you to give them to him so he can use them for an eternal purpose. We've been, I've been moving for two weeks from one side of Claremont, Florida to the other, 20 whole minutes. <laughs> and I'm going, why? <laughs> but we've been packing up all these trophies. I mean, trophies, most of them are at my parents in North Carolina, but still so many that I get anxious because I'm looking at these trophies that, you know, Stephanie and I were talking about it. She's like, it's about the journey, but people work so hard to get a trophy to feel like a champion for one moment. And then what do you do with them? They sit in a box. Mm-hmm. In North Carolina, we've got my trophy case tied up with cords because we're afraid it's 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 about to bust open and we're afraid my nieces were going to get killed by trophies. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's, I don't say that braggingly. I just say people spend so much time i did chasing buoys chasing records that just get broken chasing the dollar that just gets spent chasing a trophy that Mm -hmm. just metals break they sit in a box they end up at goodwill how do you give a trophy with your name on a goodwill i haven't figured that out yet so i'm trying to get creative with those but what i've decided i'm going to do i'm going to take them and i'm going to give them to people who are trying to aspire to accomplish things in life for God, mm-hmm. to encourage them to dream, because I don't know what else to do with them. But mm-hmm. my thing is, don't I'd like s- to have one for the studio. Yeah, I'll bring you one or two, <laughs> or three. Please do. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, it says Bud Light on it. <laughs> for all you do. Yeah, this tracks for you. There you go. <laughs> uh, now I did hear you also say something about studying to be a lawyer. What happened with that? 
Well, I went to law school with my husband. We thought that'd be a romantic adventure. And that's how we ended up Keystone Heights because we both graduated from University of Central Florida with business degrees. And then we went to University of Florida Law School. And Keystone Heights, Florida was the only place close by with really good lakes where I could train. So we would drive into school 35 minutes, come back out, and I would be, because I was full-time professional water skier. For me, I, I thrive on pressure, and I like having a lot of things going on. I do better, perform better, and I guess I balance things better when I have a lot of things going on as opposed to being focused I watched people in water skiing. That was all they had. And when it was gone, they had nothing. I watched people in law school. It was their entire focus to the point where it got nasty sometimes because mm-hmm. that was it was all about their grade and the way they would treat people. Or people would, not everybody, but there were people to go and steal the, back then we just, you had to go get the law books, the statute books. You didn't couldn't look all this stuff up and they'd go steal the pages out of there. And I'm like, what in the world? So, yeah. you know, to me, Having that family, having skiing, having ministry, having even in ministry, I got so out of balance doing for God. I was chronically sick for 10 years with fibromyalgia and Lyme disease and chronic fatigue syndrome that once I got my life in balance, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that's for everybody, but for me, it kicked off an immune system problem. Um, and because I was having so many surgeries and then emotionally transitioning out of skiing and losing your identity, I had all that's in the book hit it. I mean, I had to f- refine myself in Christ and find balance and to realize, you know what, you got to bring God into your ministry. And I forfeited relationships with my kids. I would send my child away. I'd be on the computer and I'd say, Ty, mom's helping, helping kids right now. Go watch TV. But yet, that was okay for a minute, but that went on for years. Oh. And um, it, it took me being curled up in a closet. I, had, I got big closets. <laughs> but curled up in a fetal position going, God, why is this so hard? And him showing me, he showed me this image of me trying to ski while hanging on to the steering wheel. And there was this image of me. I'm sitting on the end of the dock and I'm like crying out to God saying, God, why is ministry so hard? And I saw myself holding on to the steering wheel with my ski out of the side of the boat. And I started laughing. I'm like, there's no way I could ski hanging on to the steering wheel. And he showed me that's what I was trying to do with the ministry. That's what I was trying to do with my life. Mm -hmm. I was trying to drive the boat, ski, perform everything. And it was time that I got behind him. And so when I did that, it got a lot easier. Ministry got a lot. It's not easy, but it it got where I now know I'm following God. And he's taken me amazing places like prison. (laughs) Uh The Bible says it'll bring hell to your bones. There you go. (laughs) Well, I just, I, you know, there's a couple of things that I just love about everything that you've said. I mean, with the prison ministry, it's just like God to seek out those people who've been forgotten and lost and that nobody wants to connect with and you know there's no glory in it for them it's so like him Mm -hmm. to just dive into those people Mm -hmm. you know and it reminds me about you know the wedding feast that he's invited everybody to because you know the guests that he initially invited didn't show up they didn't want to come and that was the jewish people right 
And then he says that, you know, he sends his messenger back out and he's like, you know, go ahead and find everybody, anybody who wants to come and, and bring them in. And, you know, that's what's happening. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful analogy and picture that you get that God doesn't forget about anybody. He loves you. He cares about you and you're not forgotten and your life does matter. Mm -hmm. I don't want one to perish. Not, not even single one. one. Wow. I feel like I've been in church. <laughs> I'm sorry I owe you an apology. I, I think I called you her daughter. You did. She's my spiritual daughter. Okay. <laughs> well, you. there you go. That was a good save. Thank you, Christy. I appreciate you bailing me out on that one. My goodness. Well, tell us one more time, if you would, uh, about where to get the magazine mm -hmm. and where they can donate can they donate on your website yes, or they, they do the paypal or no it's on the website you can go to christy overton johnson.com and um or koj.org koj ministries is plural koj ministries.org okay but if you go to those um, they lead to the same site and you know i come in and speak in corporations and church groups different things I, I just love to share the story of God in my life mm -hmm. you can go on there you can sponsor prisons you can get the magazine um, you could have our team come and hold shine bright and write events and you can become one of our correspondents and you know you got to go through an application process and things so just go to that website also I have a public Facebook page Christy Everton Johnson is the public page and I tried to about four or five times a week just do fun. I call it on the go with Christy. Mm -hmm. And it, I can turn a dog poop pile into a devotion. <laughs> I mean, I just have this sick gift that I'm just going through life on the go and I'll see something. And God just gives me this analogy. And so they're fun. They're very authentic. Usually I'm straight out of bed walking the dog and no makeup or anything like that. But just seeing things and God will put something on my heart and just to encourage and equip you to have that victory today. Father's it. got a sense of humor too. Yes, he does. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Some of the things that have happened in my life. Good <laughs> grief. Uh -huh. Man. Well, we're so excited that you Thank came you today. Thank you so much, Christy. Yes, I sir. can't believe you're sitting here in my little humble abode. I love mm. this humble abode. This and I nice. love that y'all are right here. I, to hear what God is doing through you and just how you were faithful to start. He was sharing y'all's yeah, story of how to, you met. Just to hit it. Yeah, <laughs> and you do. And that's the thing. I, I feel like right now there's somebody out there that God has put a vision for something on your heart and you don't know how to start. None of us sitting here knew how to start no, we didn't. a magazine no. or a ski ministry, or you're yeah. thinking you didn't have the resources. This ministry is so past my resources. I mean, but God, God's just looking for you to step out. And when he steps out, he's got everything prepared. And he had you guys meet Mm -hmm. at, at, at church at, at at the door you were greeting and you were coming in oh yeah he did tell you then about a little bit that, right uh, oh yeah. wow that but is how so you cool. both had this vision and this passion well you know i helped him he was tired mm -hmm. that night but then about six months later we went to ihop for for some pancakes and such something of substance <laughs> <laughs> and um started talking and i started telling him about radio and i've never I was probably the biggest introvert you would want to have known 10 years ago. And 
he's got this background mm-hmm. and he put us together and here we are well it's interesting because god's put on my heart to do podcasts and to come on do, with your bad self radio and i had all these interviews this week with station managers up in virginia and different things and they want to do radio so i'm like now i know where i can come and do it, you got it. <laughs> five minutes from my house <laughs> you can we can podcast broadcast you know, whatever you want to do. I might start drinking coffee with you guys. There you go. Amen. Do you do hot tea? Because that's oh, you all I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm the hot tea girl. You better believe it. It's only Colombian Supremo. <laughs> you better believe it. And, you know, if you ever need some, um, you know, some stingers produced or something like that, I would love to donate okay. my time and help out. Okay. I really, really would. This is such a, uh, a privilege to have you sitting here tonight. And uh, I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Jack Murphy, Murph the Surf, oh, yeah. giving up his hot seat here to He's let me know. Well, you're going to put in a good word for you. us, I hope, that yeah, uh, you'll tell Jack, Jack to, that we're legit and he can come out. I have his story. If you go to kjministries.org, um, all of our Victorious Living magazines are on there. You can view them digitally. Mm-hmm. And uh, But Murph is on the cover, uh, I think it was last year. So you'll find that. You can read his story on there. It's it's amazing. It is. Yes, it is. I, oh, it was he spoke uh, in person at the real men. Well, real men, yeah. That's when I ago. first heard him. Right, man. I, my jaw was, mm-hmm. was picking up my teeth off the floor after that <laughs> that testimony. Holy smokes! Well, you guys maybe share your story in the magazine. Absolutely. Amen. I'd be glad to. Yeah, it'd be good. <laughs> He's speechless. Radio man speechless over there. Yeah, got a face for radio, don't oh, That's it. That's what we, I got a face, face for radio. radio. <laughs> I think he's blushing. <laughs> Through that red sun that I got today. I would be honored to share my story. I Absolutely. know Mike Wood, Trish, oh, yeah. Tina. I that think we all would. Four upside the head. We, yeah. s- we spoke just... in at some uh, Celebrate Recoveries. Mm-hmm. have invited us to share our testimonies. And we had a really good time. I just want to encourage people to tell their story, to start telling. Mm-hmm. I The Bible says in Revelation that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm. And Satan cannot do anything about the blood of the Lamb because it's already been shed. Mm-hmm. So he tries to steal our testimony. Mm-hmm. And nobody can argue with what God has done in your life. And I think people are afraid to share what God's done because they think they're going to have to get in a big theological debate. <laughs> When they hear firsthand how your life has been changed and what Jesus did, that's what defeats the enemy, and that's what saves souls. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called to tell. And it just go tell somebody. And if you want to share your story in this magazine, um, I mean, I can't guarantee everybody would be, you know, the submission would be in, but, you know, there's a place right here to do that. Amen to that. We've got people on Mixler asking about your website, so I uh, see uh, KOJ Ministries dot org, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. plur- right. plural Ministries. Right, dot Ministries org. dot org. Yeah. I got mm-hmm. it right. Yeah. So yeah. I just put it on the chat for everybody, so they Thank could you. they could pick it up. So. Oh, that was session one twenty nine. Holy smokes, it was. Does one twenty nine mean anything to you? Like the numbers combined or any? It's a weight. I would love to weigh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never, I've never had anybody answer like that. Didn't want to go there. So as we're getting ready to go to Chick Fil A and have our free uh, 
Milkshake. Right. milkshake. It's milkshake. Oh, of That's course. Right. You know, holy... It's only like 1,400 calories. You see our calendar up there. So. The Holy Spirit dwells at uh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yes, yeah. he does. As our pastor says, the food's already pre-blessed. You don't even have to pray over it. But... Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks to all our listeners on the Mixler app for tuning in. And uh, I'm sure... Uh, I hope that you enjoyed Christy's testimony half as much as I did. Right. I'm sure anybody gets something out of it. That's for sure. Please uh, visit our website, kojmministries.org, kojministries.org. There we go. I'll get it right. You will. That's the one I remember. (laughs) Anyway, well, that about wraps it up for session 129. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless. If I told you my story, you would hear hope that wouldn't let go. And if I told you my story, you would hear love that never gave up. If I told you my story, you would hear life, but it wasn't mine. If I should speak, then let it be of the grace that is greater than all my sin of winter.
my song, praising my Savior all the day long.